Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coach's or athlete's significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is our favorite time of the week. We have Jill here, and I'm not going to say any more to ruin the surprise. I'm going to hand it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Well, I mean, I hope it's a surprise to most. Goodness, I don't really know how surprising I'll be. Yes, I'm Jill Gorman. I am a licensed professional counselor. Been practicing for 14 years. Married 15 years. Have three kids. Actually, I say 15. It'll be like next month. I'll be 15. But in my mind, we're there. 15 years. Three little boys, nine, five, and four. No, 10, five, and four. I work with a lot of couples, families, see a lot of kids and teenagers, and love what I do. We should just probably give our listeners a little bit of a background. And we did not just pick Jill up off the street and ask her to come do this podcast. So she actually is one of our Bible study leaders. She also is such a mentor to Brittany and I. And so we thought that it would be so special to have her on our episode in our podcast, just to walk through some of the questions that we had y'all submit. So Brittany, what kind of questions should we start with? Yeah, I think like the first question that a lot of people have, not just in the sports industry, is how to communicate with their partners in the best way and, you know, learn through those different types of communication because what you may think is good communication might not be what your partner thinks is good communication. So what are some different strategies or tactics that people can use for that? Yes, I would say basic level, first of all, just talk. You would be surprised at, I mean, I don't know how many like couples I've seen over the years, probably hundreds, but you would be surprised with how many couples have just like stopped talking, like literally in the like general day to day, just like basic level communication, stop talking. So talking is important. I always like assign my couples a homework assignment of like 15 to 20 minutes every night with the phones down after the kids have gone to bed, TV off, like literally face-to-face look at each other and like just talk about your day ask questions or like pull random questions off the internet like literally just be intentional about talking to each other being intentional is huge and just having communication at the start no that's a good one I think that with the industry the sports industry a lot of the time like our significant others get caught up with their routine and then we kind of get settled in our own that it's easy to like let it slip. And why do you think that it's so easily like just forgotten of just to sit there and talk? But I feel like once you start to let it slide, it's just, it's, it's easy to do. It is easy. And I don't know if it's easy because it's like hard to start it again, or it feels uncomfortable or awkward for one person or the other. But it, it, it seems like it should not be this simple, but like, that's just, that's, it's basic. And, and you're right. Like over time, I think people with busy schedules, especially those in athletics, um, but just in general, people that have a lot of kids and two jobs and yada, yada, 
it's just really easy to let it slip and that becomes your normal. And you don't realize that I'm missing something really huge here. And it's literally just basic connection with my spouse, you know, with my partner. And then I think another thing you have to do is we pick up a lot of messages from our significant other that a lot of the times they're not intending or they're not meaning to give out. So recognizing like filters that are in place, but then also if your partner says something to you that catches you off guard and you're like taking something and it feels like really bad and wrong, when you know like this person has your best interests in mind and loves you, just being able to say like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. like what I heard you say was just for example, like I'm a horrible housekeeper, which I am not the best, but like, that's what I heard you tell me just now. <laughs> like that kind of takes me off. Is that what you said? And then they can clarify and say, I'm not what I said at all. I just said like the laundry needed to be done. You know, we're like, hey, let's do this tonight together. <laughs> so I think that we can like get sideways with our partners a lot, with our spouses, like thinking we know what they meant beyond what they said. When a lot of times, like most people just say what they mean, you know? Do you see that with couples a lot that people take, like, I feel like I do this with my mom and people that you're close to other things that are going on and maybe you're frustrated about things, but you take it out on the people that you love the most. And I feel like that is where like the communication kind of goes wrong. Cause like you're being mean to them when really like you just had a bad day or you're frustrated with work. Absolutely. One thing I always talk about in sessions with my couples and families is communication filters. We all have filters, you know, we know to filter, a filter changes what goes through it. Well, we have communication filters. And one of those is like, if I'm in a bad mood or I've had a really stressful day, like our mood greatly affects how much grace we're going to give someone else. And like seeing somebody in the best light or not, like all those things, like how tired we are, our internal or external distractions, our mood, you know, all these things, our own communication styles with each other. Like typically in a relationship, there's someone who is a lot more talkative and open and there's another person who's not. Or there's someone who wants to deal with the problem like right now when it happens and there's someone who needs like to take a break for a minute. So just recognizing that, yes, absolutely. All those things. And I think that's another point in time when you can say like, whoa, you're kind of coming at me with something like, did you have a bad day? <laughs> like, What's going on? Or what are you stressed about? You know, because I know it didn't have anything to do with what I just said because, you know, it didn't mean anything beyond it. So yeah. clarifying and like just expressing what message you picked up from your partner that was negative so they can say my day really was rough or whatever it was. Yeah, I think that's all so helpful because I feel like a lot of the time, if you're not seeing your significant other on a daily basis, well, where times are lining up at least enough to get your voice heard, that could be so hard. That does lead me to my next question is bitterness is huge in the sports industry and we get asked all the time and I know the simple answer is, oh, it's perspective. It's how you look at things. And we preach that a lot. Like we say, you know, it's all about mindset. It's all about things like that. But I feel like, of course, that's a lot easier said than done um, when you are in it and you're living it versus someone just telling you like, hey, smile more, like, <laughs> you know, be happier. So what do you tell couples that are feeling bitter when there's more give like on one side? I just feel like that is such a heavy topic for couples. I, yeah, I think it's heavy for couples in general, but definitely significantly in, in your field or when there's a relationship where there is one party that works significantly more than the other. 
and maybe the others, you know, taking care of the kids and running the day-to-day life. And that can definitely lead to bitterness. I think that you really have to be open to like processing what's underneath the hurt and the anger, you know, before it got to bitterness, like there was a lot of hurt and a lot of anger. And clearly like that was never fully dealt with. So if you're at the place of bitterness, there's a lot in hurt and, of hurt and anger that you need to like, or whomever needs to heal from, you know, recognize first awareness is key. And then well, let's do the work to like heal from that. And then we can identify what's mine to deal with. And then like, what's my partner's, you know, what's their role in this? So you're saying that basically there was a lot of things that led up and things that were kind of just passed off that lead to bitterness. Bitterness is like the top of the iceberg, basically. It it really is the top of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get bitter from one event. You know, you don't get bitter from one hurt feeling. It's like layers and messages that you've internalized or that we have internalized from someone else, you know, over the years and that piled on different experiences and you know, it just goes from hurt to anger to bitterness. So I think you have to be willing to kind of do the work on your own first to understand like what's underneath all this hurt and anger. Then what do I need to do about it? Are these things that like are mine to kind of work through and deal with? Are these things that, oh, I need to kind of bring these to my spouse and say like, we need to kind of clear the slate on some of these things. Or like, whoa, I'm feeling like this is really one-sided and what can we do about this together? Or this is what I need from you right now. That would be kind of my suggestion. It's the layered process, you know, that you have to be willing to kind of do your own work with and then like, okay, now I need to incorporate my partner. I think that a lot of the time with bitterness in the industry is that we tend to look towards the significant other because it's like, you did this to me (laughs) and my kids, you know, I am the one that's being taken everywhere. And it's always pointed when it really is just like a heart posture that needs to be worked on over time. And I love the way that you put that is that it's all these things leading up because you don't just wake up one day and you're like, I'm bitter (laughs) that I did this. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's, that's a great advice. I think that a lot of people think that though, like, I think a lot of people think that it just happens overnight and you wake up and you're just bitter. Yeah. It takes a minute to get there. And I just think it's a lot of pieces and a lot of layers and probably a lot of misperception of things and experiences and events and potentially some true things, you know, that you've got to identify and then figure out if you can work through them. Yeah. I feel like with bitterness, a lot of the times, like you've kind of mentioned, we see a lot of people that are frustrated with having to do more than their significant other because they're home with the kids and they're maybe doing things around the house and working and you know it seems like they're off just gallivanting when in reality they're not but like it seems that way to some people and so I think it does kind of come back full circle to communication but do you see like when people have those issues of like somebody pulling more of their weight that it's just a miss communication that the significant other maybe doesn't know that the other person feels that way or they don't feel it on their end or like where do the lines typically get crossed in those type of situations yeah I mean I think you hit the nail on the head with communication like my guess would be that somewhere along the line things just didn't get talked about either they got talked about and they were never resolved for both people or they just weren't talked about. And then they grew and grew and built and built. So it really all comes back to communication. I mean, I tell couples this all the time, you can get through anything, the world, life, storms, you can get through anything with your partner, with your spouse, with your family, 
if you can talk about it in a healthy way and, and there's openness and vulnerability on both ends of just being willing to like state the awkward, but painful truth. Sometimes, you know, there's willingness to say, I feel really disconnected from you right now. I don't like this feeling. And like, we got to do something about it. It's not easy to be vulnerable, even with someone you've chosen to be with forever, you know, and you have a family with, but if you can do those things and you can just be on the same team, not that you're always going to agree, but that you can resolve and be on the same page, you know, at least you can get through anything. So I think it, my perception would be, it all comes back to that communication. Those are great tips and answers because another just question or conversation topic, at least that we get a lot of the time is how to, they call, everyone calls it solo parenting, which I know that that is not the truth all the time. It's just the way that the jobs even out, but it is definitely a topic because usually the significant other that is the mom that is in the scenario where they're raising the kids alone and dad is gone. Our mom is gone all the time for work and misses a lot of the kids activities or things like that. And so we have no credibility to answer how to take care of kiddos. So what do you think a tip that you could provide for, you know, one parent attending everything for a two parent atmosphere? Yeah. I mean, that's tough. Thankfully, I don't have to solo parent much, but when I do, oh gosh, it's hard. It's hard. I can't imagine doing it the majority of the time. Like I really, I don't know how single moms do it. And I like literally applaud and like accolades. I think that clearly for the, you know, majority of people, you kind of know a little bit of what your, the life is going to be like, right? Not to say that that life can't kind of take you off sometimes. And like, you don't really like the schedule in the life sometimes like that's okay. Like it can be both in, you can have awareness and knowledge, but like not really like it. But I think it goes back to communication with your spouse, with your kids. Like, how can we make this work? How can we be intentional about we're going to FaceTime the kids every night before better? I don't know what the schedules look like, but I would just say, if it's not working for one person, then it's not working for the family. Some families, it may totally work. And there's probably a lot of women that really, okay, whatever, do your thing. I've got the kids. Like we can be two ships crossing. If that works for you, good. But if it's not working for you, there's gotta be a way to find a middle ground or to at least know that your your spouse understands that you're kind of struggling and you don't like this. And like, what can we do to make this different or better? Yeah, because the number one question that we always ask is, is what do you tell the kids? Because when you go to school and it's donuts with dad and mom is there or, you know, whatever the situation is, how do you tell these young kiddos to get them to understand that it's like not your fault that your dad is not there or your mom is not there? Yeah, I mean, I would say like, and it'd be different for every family and every kid. Some kids, maybe not even, not bothering other kids, it may really bother them and they may take take it, internalize it to that like deep, dark place of, oh, there's something wrong with me, you know? But I would say maybe verbalizing, yes, he wishes or she wishes they could be there. And as soon as they get back from wherever, they're going to take you on a special ice cream date or a special, you know, whatever, donuts with dad, you know, just you and just you and him or you and her making sure that the parent that's not around as much because of work is intentional with those little moments with each child even if they can't be present for everything, making those moments happen in other times. Have you ever had anxiety that completely stops you in your tracks and makes it hard to move forward? 
or felt like you couldn't get your mind to stop racing so you could get some sleep? We have each experienced this and the only products that have helped us get through these times is Premium Jane. Premium Jane CBD has a variety of organic USA grown hemp products, including oils, gummies, bath bombs, and capsules to help you get through whatever life throws your way. You can get 20% off at premiumjane.com by using our promo code MTS20. That's MTS20 for 20% off. I follow this blogger. She takes each of her daughters on like a mommy and me date and they dress the same and it's super cute and they do like the daughter gets to pick the date. But I think those things are so special because you remember them when you're older and like, oh, yeah, remember when we used to you used to take me on these dates and things like that. And those are the memories that they're going to remember, not the like big party or the things at school that, you know, everyone's at. So I think that's important to remember. That's exactly right. That's good. Yeah. When we were at Kansas, they had the same kind of routine as even if it was like 6 a.m., the son was like willing to get up and go get coffee with dad and donuts and basically go back. And that was like his one time of the week when workouts weren't at like 5 30 in the morning or whatever it was so it was pretty neat that they made that like a routine because then you know the little kid that went to school he's like well that's okay because on Thursday you know I go with dad and I do this I have a question for like if you have I guess people that bring like their own baggage I guess everyone has their own baggage but people that bring their baggage from their past to their present relationship and maybe like they don't recognize it is there something where you say like okay if this happens you need to go and talk to somebody and you need to come see me and you should probably be in counseling because you are now bringing your past to your future I would say when you are aware that you're bringing your stuff hopefully you've dealt with that before you get married or you're like you've made a commitment to somebody most of it for the most part you know you've dealt with it but that's not the case all the time clearly so yeah I would just say as soon as you're aware or if you see it in a friend in a loving gracious way you can point it out you know just encourage them to work through their own stuff because like the health of one affects the health of the whole in a family you know so if somebody's like not healthy and their stuff is impacting their present then that can be a problem for everybody. And so I definitely think it's important if you become aware that your past is impacting your present, that you do your work, your own work and go get help. And I go, I go to therapy when I need it. I mean, like it's, I think we all need to be willing, you know, when something kind of pops up to do the work and get it to a healthier, better place. Yeah, I think we're trying to do our best to normalize doing counseling, therapy, whatever session, life coach, like we've tried to normalize that a little bit, because I feel like in this industry, it's, it wasn't really talked about until recently, because Brittany and I discuss it all the time, we're like, it should just be this open thing that it's not a big deal that you need some help, or you need right. to work through, like through some things. So I think that that is such a great thing because even on some of our episodes, I've said I've gone to counseling several times. I mean, it should be normal to do those things. And that leads me to my next topic is because a lot of the time us as significant others in this industry, we get real lonely when it comes to our season. And so with loneliness, um, even though we're surrounded by people and we go to things on Saturdays and we're all together at the games, you go back to your home and you feel this loneliness. How do you think that we get to that point when you're literally around people all the time, but you still feel that way? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's abnormal at all. I mean, loneliness is, 
it doesn't necessarily mean you're never around people. It means that, yeah, internally you feel disconnected from others or your significant other, potentially. So I guess my encouragement would be for, you know, you coaches, wives before your seasons, like sit down together, talk, make a plan for how y'all are going to be intentional about staying connected during a really busy few months. And so can I readjust my life and schedule and how can we do night, these two nights a week differently or three nights, or how can we have a date night a week and a family night a week? I want to know for you is you have your own job, Warren, your husband works, you have three kiddos. I mean, how do you keep you (laughs) from going crazy? I personally, I have to recognize like my own personal burnout. You know, I think we all have like the emotional capacity for so much. And sometimes we have more room and sometimes we have less. And so for me, it's, I know my balance has to be like, I feel like I have this like pie chart in my head. And I I know that I need like this piece here needs to be like alone, quiet time where like literally no one's in my house, even for just like an hour a week. If I just get that, like, and I can like get stuff done real quick. Y'all, when y'all have kids, you'll learn this. Like if you just get the kids going for 45 minutes, the whole house will be clean. It'll be immaculate. So I just, I need that. I need like Warren and I are really intentional about date nights. Like when their kids are in school and I think y'all know this, but we have every Friday, like we have lunch and we usually run an errand together and then we'll do our own thing. I think it's important in a healthy relationship that you have clearly your own friends and y'all have this great little unique kind of tribe, you know, of coaches, wives, which is great. But like you have an outside resource other than your spouse that's kind of helping meet those emotional needs that we all have. So we're intentional with family time. Like we're not the family that has dinner together at the table every night. Like we're just not that family. We're so busy every night of the week. We have something going on. I mean, hang me, whatever. I don't <laughs> can't do it. But what we can do is like find one night a week where we literally can all sit down at the table and not everybody's sitting the whole time, but like we're all, it's all TV's off. Like food is in front of us. Not everyone's eating the whole time either, but like we're there. And like, I have these like question cards that I pull out and we just talk. Do you mind sharing? Like what's one of the questions just off your, off the top of your head? They're called table talk cards. Some of it's just like random stuff, like the normal, like where would you go on vacation if you go anywhere or what made you sad this week? Like it can go like a wide range. That just keeps us kind of all engaged and connected. Cause if not, we're just going to, my boys are going to talk about you know, bodily functions and like, you know, (laughs) that's how it's going to roll. So I think just when you have a busy life and busy family, it's not realistic that you're going to have all this quality time together. But I think it's just making the most of the time you do have together, being intentional when schedules get tight and tricky, being intentional to carve out another time that makes sense for everyone and just making it happen. No, I love that. I love the card idea. I, I always try to get Drew the, like the couple cards and I'm like, we should buy yes. them on Amazon. And he's like, no. I'm like, why? So now that y'all have to buy, there's a free app and I'll send y'all this link called Card Decks. They're Gottman Card Decks. I'll send you a link. So they have like all these various like decks. They'll be like open-ended questions, love maps, sex questions. I feel like all these things, expressing needs that you can just pull up like on a date night, or if y'all have like your 15 to 20 minutes, you know, once a day, whenever time that can fall, 
like just ask a question and like see where it takes you you know no, I love that I know so cool. I mean even the healthiest relationships sometimes you just run out of things to talk about you know I mean you just need a little help Okay. <laughs> okay. Drew and I started doing like highs and lows and I think it, it stemmed a little bit from our Bible study small group but it. even if it's just like that's all we do every single night like when he gets home super late it's like okay what was your high what was your low today and then good night you know yes. so like it's just something little to kind of connect yes. but if people really want to go to couples counseling or maybe they feel like they want to communicate something to their significant other but their significant other isn't reciprocating how do they bring that up because you don't want to force them Uh, to go to counseling so what's your tip for that I would encourage that person that party to still go to counseling on their own because I think that even if the other party is unwilling for a time period or potentially ever you can still learn different ways to perceive approach react help your relationship if that's your end game goal that really are just all within your realm of control and responsibility so go for you learn for you you know so you can become your best person and self and you know at the end of the day you've done everything you could to keep your marriage healthy and then just you know hope and pray and encourage that spouse to come along i mean that happens a lot but i think you would be surprised too if maybe you think your partner wouldn't say yes or would be like you know, heck no, but how willing they might be if you just open up and say like, I'm struggling. (laughs) What do you think the fear is? Like, why do people fear coming in or what's the stigma around it? Because for me, the fear was, I don't need that. Like I can figure that out on my own. And so do you think it takes so long to get both parties to come together? I think perception for sure. I think everybody's baggage that they bring in, how their family of origin kind of interpreted, like how you deal with your problems. You know, we, we don't, or we do talk about this, you know, um, it's okay to get help. It's not like, I think that plays a lot into it. I think that, I mean, it's hard to be vulnerable, even if you know, this person legally cannot and will not talk about what you talk about. Like it is, it's not easy. It takes a lot of courage to talk about hard, painful things, you know? And so for me, that's kind of my natural norm is because of what I do every day. But I think for the majority of, you know, Americans, it's not easy, you know, to talk about the hard stuff. And so we don't want to do what's hard, you know, and what's not going to be comfortable. And it's just easier to not, I think some it's, yeah, we don't, we don't need the help or we can do this on our own. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it's a hard place if if you're not taught that at a young age, that it's okay to talk about your feelings and things like that. Yeah. I think we're, we're all just wired differently. Some people naturally are just more comfortable opening up and talking about feelings and hard things than other people. It's a really deep dive to go there. And I think we have to be aware of that in our significant other too. Like, how are they wired? Is this just like a refusal or is this like, it's just not as easy for them as it is for me. And that's just a difference, but it's a difference maybe yeah. grow in, you know? No, that's good. And we have one question. We ask this to all of our interviews when we wrap them up and it's going to be a different answer for you. So I'm kind of excited about what her answer is going to be. But basically with all of your knowledge and just everything from, you know, when you started out in a relationship years ago with Warren till today, and now you have a family and everything, what is something you would go back and tell your younger self? Well, I'll just say this. I'll answer it this way. Our first year of marriage was not like honeymoon bliss, like at all. And so 
I think what I would tell my like very newly wed or newly engaged younger self is like, it's okay. It's hard to like learn to be on the same team with someone and be a little more selfless than you've ever been in your life. And it doesn't mean that it's not meant to be, which I thought it was. I mean, I thought like, oh shoot, I really (laughs) didn't make the right call here. How's this going to end? Like, it's okay. And also that like marriage takes a lot of work, healthy relationships take work. And I think that it's an unrealistic expectation. It doesn't mean your marriage is, or your relationship is wrong or unhealthy if you have to work at it certain seasons more than others. Like that's okay. Also that there's going to be disconnect that happens sometimes because life does get in the way, but it's just like recognizing it, calling it what it is before it gets to the place that your eyes potentially could go to someone else and saying like, okay, like we've got to reconnect. Like I kind of like haven't been liking you for a minute. (laughs) and It's not, not where I want to be. I mean, that's just the reality, you know? And doing whatever it takes to reconnect, but just that really like healthy relationships take work and they don't just come easily. That's a wonderful answer. That's so, yeah, I feel like that's so important for people to remember. Like it is not just all sunshine and rainbows all the time for anyone. And and that doesn't mean it's wrong either. Yeah. And we appreciate having you on. Thank you for taking the time and giving us all of your knowledge. We are soaking it up. I feel like I'm a better person after this call. I love y'all so much. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.